This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forster, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. This week, I am joined by Dr. Terrence Z. Johnson. Man, he he's described as a life excavator. That to me, that term is awesome. And I'm like, excavator, dude, like digging that stuff out because that's exactly what, you know, like when you're going back in the beginning of your life, you have to dig that stuff out and root it out to get where you're going. But mm-hmm. he is just super heart-filled, very compassionate, encouraging. Uh, we've had a great time talking here. And so it is my pleasure to uh, to have Terrence join me here. How are you doing today, my friend? Good. Look, Mike, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, it's my pleasure, man. We have had some laughs and just been yeah. enjoying the conversation. I mean, you've got an awesome heart and uh, so, so appreciative of you joining me here. So thank you, my friend. Uh, thank you. Well, let's jump in. If we can start talking about where you are today in life on the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm Dr. Terrence Johnson. I'm co-founder and chief innovation officer of Our Progress LLC. Uh, we're based in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm currently in Gallatin, Tennessee. Uh, my business partner is still in Jackson, but I'm close to Nashville. That's what Gallatin is because you probably don't you never heard of it. <laughs> I never heard of it before I got here, but I, I, I enjoy the area. Um, and basically what we do, I'm more of the life purpose side of our business. So I'm real passionate about people getting connected to what not only what they want to do career wise, but what fulfills them and what that looks like for their life. And my business partner, uh, which he'll probably be on, I think, next week I'm talking to you. Yeah. Uh, he'll be doing more about healthy relationships. So that's how we look at the person as a whole. If you're connected to things that you're passionate about and you have healthy relationships that make you whole. Um, And so it's just looking at ways to better people that might not look traditional mental health services. So it's not strictly private practice, mental health one-on-one counseling, but we also have workshops and courses we have, and we're trying to cultivate experiences. Because so many people, they may not, you know, want or desire one-on-one counseling, but it's certain things, certain tools they're lacking that they might need. It might be for a transition, not for, you know, a serious mental illness or something major happening. But we look at what we provide as being more uh, preventative than uh, reactionary. So if we can give people things on the front end, it helps to prevent them from having, you know, the burnout or, you know, getting depressed or all those different things that can come with it and really identifying people's needs because that's where a lot of people, that's that's why they act the way they act. It's not that they're bad or, you know, stuff is going on, but they have needs that's not being fulfilled and they might not be aware of their needs and how to get them fulfilled. And so that's what we try and focus on in our progress. 
mean, you said like some people may not be interested in one-on-one and so you've got other alternatives. Is that like events or what does that, yeah. that look like so, that you offer? So eventually we'll get back to live. I'm really trying to get that rolling. I, I love to be in front of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now uh, I'm doing online workshops as well as my business partner. So I'm doing, I've been doing two series right now. One is Dream Killers. And the other one is Path to Purpose in the workshop form. Uh, and so that's for people that's trying to figure out what they want to do as far as their life with Path to Purpose. Dream Killers is more being aware of the things internally that stop you or self-sabotage you from your dreams. Because, I, I, like I said, a lot of times we look at the external and say, like, well, if this person would have treated me better or this situation wouldn't happen. But we still internally have the responsibility to deal with our own emotions. And sometimes those are the things that really derail us. And if we don't know those, then we can't make more informed decisions. So, so yeah, so those are two that I'm doing and my business partner is doing combos with couples. And that's for like, just like you said, conversation with couples. And then he has one that's called no junk food conversations. And it's kind of having better conversations around what you need to do with your life. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. And I think it's like you're talking about, you know, understanding purpose. I think the fact that you guys are matching that up with couples, you know, Mm -hmm. and the relationship Mm -hmm. is amazing because if I heal, but there's not a vehicle for like my wife to heal, then we're still lopsided. You know, now we're looking like a car with two flat tires on, you know, the passenger side, and that's not going to get us where we want to go. You know, (laughs) we might just do circles in the parking lot. (laughs) You're doing donuts. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So the fact that it's like you're delving into that stuff and then revealing Uh these messages, you're, you know, like you're self-sabotaging, you're looking for things to validate your beliefs and bring it up. I mean, that that's like throwing the parking brake on the car <laughs> as well. So we're yeah. definitely not getting where we want to go, how we want to go. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So let's jump over to the personal side. I know you you said you're in Tennessee now, mm-hmm. uh, which is outside yeah. of Nashville. What does a personal side of life outside of that look like for you? So uh, for me, I'm big on, you know, paths and journeys. I like nature. And so my life has been a journey. <laughs> And I've been I've been on a journey for a while. Uh, you know, sometimes you feel you're in the wilderness and then you kind of get to the clear out space. You're like, oh, that's why I did that. Yeah. So I guess my starting point would be um, I kind of backtrack to around 2019. So, um, like I said, I've been I had been a therapist for a number of years. I had taught adjunct and I graduated, got my doctorate degree and I was faculty uh, at Mississippi College. And so I was there for about four years teaching doctorate students. And that was my dream. I wanted to do that. I wanted to be faculty and, and get to that level. And I got there and I was like, this, this is not it. <laughs> this, this is not this is not what I thought it was going to be. And not, not that it was bad and not that it wasn't good for a while. It was. But, you know, you get to a, a point in your life where, you feel the season has ended. And that's what I felt. I felt I helped as many students as I could help. I did what I needed to do there. But I wanted to help people that were like me that had reached a certain point in their career 
maybe they were successful. Maybe they, you know, climbed the ladder and all that and were chasing the American dream. And then you get to a point like, I'm not happy, you know, or what else? Like, what, you know, I don't have any more degrees to get, any more certification to get. Like, I got stuff on the wall and it doesn't make me feel any type of way. And so um, anyone that I just randomly quit, I had, I had, I was making preparation for a while, but in, in July of 2019, I quit. And a lot of people didn't understand why I did it. But one, I knew I wanted to teach people how to be better and not just teach uh, students particular things or skills. I could do that, but I'm all about building people. I, I really, really am passionate about it. Like you ask my students or my supervisees, they they will, I, I give people disclaimers like, look, don't tell me something you, you want to do if you're not ready, because I'm the booster cable on whatever. So once you say it, we on the we on the road. So don't tell me if you're not ready. And I really felt that a lot of people were like me. And I wanted to find those people that they had great things they wanted to do, but you know, maybe they didn't know how to do it or they didn't have people around them encouraging them and really saying, like, hey, you can do it. I believe in, you know, let's see how you can get that started. And because that's how I feel. So for one season, I helped people that really were in need. This season in my life, I really feel that I'm supposed to help people that want to do greater things to help society and help the community. But if you don't catch those people, then life will just make them go back to where they were or say, like, look, I've tried it. I wanted to do that. I wanted to help out, but I'm tired or my money. I just I can't do that. And so I feel that's that's where that's my I guess my call now is to catch those people, because if we really want to make a greater impact, it doesn't really necessarily mean that I have to do it all. But I got to catch the people that want to do it and empower them to keep going forward. And so um, together. So how did that that passion for helping people to grow? How did that come about? Because, I mean. You know, there's lots of interests that we can find as we're going through life, but mm-hmm. this seems to be like almost like laser focus, like the center of what you do. How did mm-hmm. that come about? Well, for me, uh, one of the people that I I just I don't say idolize, I don't say that word, but I really looked up to was my grandfather, and he was everything I wanted to be as a man, and um. And it's been been almost 10 years since he passed, but it was just his conviction about things and how he did and how he took care of, like, not only my grandmother, but like his other siblings and people around the community, how he did in church. And so I feel he was somebody that was definitely walking in their purpose, even though he only had like a seventh grade education. I feel like he was the wisest person I ever knew. And I just stayed around him all the time. Most people say that, you know, I have an old man spirit about me, but it's just, it just because I, I, I hung around the older people and I love to just listen. And I think that's one thing that people do too much of now. Everybody wants to talk and be important, but they don't want to listen to people that's been farther than they have. And so that's one. 
Then two, um, I guess with my work and starting off counseling kids and being in the house and talking to mothers and all of that, I saw, you know, how I, I saw the the despair in a lot of households and how like it did it just popped in my head, but one of my students, his mom ended up contracting AIDS and he was in in high school and he was on the football team and everything like that. And he stopped playing, you know, he was trying to be there for her. She passes. I think he got in trouble with the law. And I remember they had a write-up about him. It's like, oh, look at more kids in the streets causing problems. And I was like, man, y'all just don't know his story. You know, like I was there, you know, at the house and I saw his mom and I used to talk to him. And so I really do feel that a lot of times people don't have the tools to make those transitions during hard times and it changed their trajectory because I had a lot of things that happened in my life that, you know, if I didn't have certain things in place, I could have went a totally different way. But I think that goes into the exposure part too. And I think that's a piece we don't talk about. We always say like, you know, pull yourself up from your bootstraps and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, that's, that's fine. But if you don't know people in context of where they are or where they're from, they're not exposed to the same thing you're exposed to. So what would seem simple to you is not simple to them. And that was the blessing that I had. I was exposed to things. When I was younger, I went on, you know, vacations and I got to see different parts of the, you know, in the U.S. and all that. But that wasn't everybody. And so I wanted to make sure that as I move forward in my life, those things that I learned, I wanted to pass along. So that's why I love teaching. It wasn't about me getting in front and having people call me doctor, like I could care less. But I felt that I had things that people needed that I knew and I could share that could better them and help them <laughs> avoid the pitfalls <laughs> and potholes that I hit during life. And that's how I, I view myself is everything that I learned, all my experiences, they're valuable. And I just have to find the avenues, the mediums to actually get that information to people. Because, you know, that's why I experience things. It's not for me. It's for someone. I just got to find who they are and try and get it to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's like, I think as men, we we don't communicate where the potholes are. You know, yeah. it's it's not a matter of having all of life figured out. It's just yeah. being a little bit further ahead and going, hey, watch out back there. There's a pothole. You know, go to the right. Do yeah. this. And, uh, man, without that, I mean, it just leaves us in a, in a precarious spot, you know, just like you were talking about the, the young man that, you know, mm -hmm. life happened and then mm -hmm. it sets him on a different trajectory. If, if nobody's mm -hmm. reaching out to him, he doesn't know how to course correct because yeah. he's, he's hurt, man. I mean, who wouldn't yeah. be when that's the, the situation that your mom goes through? I mean, that, that leaves some, some scars. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Hey, I did want to jump over and um, kind of go back to before 2019 and mm -hmm. like, um, what are some of the, the stuff that was going on in life? Because you've got, you know, you talked about your grandfather mm -hmm. giving you that wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got a sensitive heart. What 
what developed that heart for you to be aware of this stuff, you know, to then be able to apply the wisdom like you've learned from your grandfather and from school and all that. So like what, what was like some of those more formative years like for you? Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm, uh, I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So, <laughs> so I used to have my accent. I don't have it anymore. Uh, and so we spent a little time in New Orleans and Lafayette. But one of the things, so this memory just came back to me. One thing, my mom, she used to volunteer and teach um, like adults. And she used to teach them at the park. I think, I don't know if they were like, you know, I had some disability or whatever, but I remember she used to teach this guy. Uh, and she had like the the manuals and stuff and used to teach them out there at the park and then we should go get a popsicle. <laughs> I remember we used to get, no, a snow cone, I think. So that was one of the things I remember earlier on. Then as I grew up, you know, my dad, uh, I spent a lot of time around him. Now he's, he was a salesman. So he used to sell shoes. Uh, and one of the things we bonded on is music. So he used to play in the band. So he, yeah, he went to Jack State. Both of my parents went to Jack State University. Everybody knows Jack State now because of Deion Sanders. He's the football coach now. So they know that. But so that's one of our, that was one of our links. So we would listen to music a lot and different things. So he introduced me to jazz and all this type of stuff. And so, uh, but it was difficult times as well because, you know, my parents had, things going on in their relationship as I got older and it was a lot of arguing and back and forth and all of that but people all my life have come and talked to me even when I was little like adults would just come and talk to me and they wouldn't just talk and say like hey they would talk to me about their stuff <laughs> and it was like Okay, what I'm supposed to do with this? I don't know, but you're telling me, so I guess you feel comfortable talking to me about it. But um, I, that I think me having the demeanor that I have is because I grew up around a lot of, and I'm an introvert too, and so my parents were extrovert, so they talk, 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 and I'm like, please stop talking. <laughs> I just want peace and quiet. Uh, so, so I think that's part of it. But the other one is. I, I recognize I became a mediator uh, between the two parties. So I was able to diffuse things and make things calm or whatever. So I think that goes into some of the other things that I eventually got into. Mm -hmm. But it was a me and my dad we were real, real close when I was younger. And then as stuff went on with my mom and, and dad, we kind of he was gone a lot. He wasn't in the house a lot, and that changed how I responded to him. And so it went from like, oh, you're my number one person, to I hate you. <laughs> and I don't want you to come like that. I don't want you to talk to me. And don't come in my room and ask me how I'm doing. Like, no, close my door. You know, but, you know, as you, even when you're a teenager and all that, that comes a part of it. But at, once I got to college, I realized, like, man, I'm just angry all the time. And it's not helping me. It's not healthy, you know. And so I really made it a point to reconnect with my dad. And one of the things that I know is difficult for a lot of sons is they're waiting for their dad to make the first step, 
to give the olive branch, and it usually never happens. And so, so usually you have to extend it out to them and make them feel comfortable to try and start that conversation or communication again. And I, I guess one of the things too, I never, even though I could have, I had justification too. Like I, I didn't, I didn't curse at my dad. I did like do all that kind of stuff, but I let him know how I felt about things. And uh, one of the turning points in our relationship was uh, I was in grad school and I was uh, I was going to Bible class and the preacher was talking about the different types of love and he got to agape love and I was in church and it was like God was like you need to call your dad and I was like no God you ain't telling me that I don't I don't want to I don't want to do that I don't no, I don't want to call this man I don't want to call you and then it was like the whole way back home because it was about 20 minutes away. I was going back and forth. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, you need to call. You, you need to call. And I, I was going back and forth all the way till I, till I got back to my apartment. And I got in there. I said, look, I said, if you want me to do this, I said, you're going to have to fix my mouth because I'm going to want to say something. So you're going you're gonna to have to fix me. You're going to have to fix it up if you want me to do this. And so, and so I called and I was like, hey, Dave. Like, hey. I said, look. I said, I got, I got something I want to talk to you about. I said, I just want you to listen to me. Then after I'm done, then you can talk. But I just want you to listen. And I just went over, like, my whole, like, childhood of things that I felt like he didn't do. I wasn't blaming him, but I just let him know how I felt about it. Like, I felt this way when you did this with that and that. And in about 20 minutes. And after I got finished, I said, okay, now you can talk. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, well, you know, I, I I can't say I agree with everything. I said, but I appreciate you coming to me as a man. You didn't disrespect me or whatever. He's like, but today, you know, I really see you as being a man. Like you, you becoming your your own man and stuff. And I appreciate you sharing that with me. And that really kickstarted everything for us. So the, the reason I, I used to bring that up is because my dad was having health issues even back then. This was 20, this was 20, who, probably about 10, 9, 10, yeah, probably like 20, 2009. And um, I ended up moving back to Jackson. And he actually came to help me remodel my house. I bought a house. And he ended up having an aneurysm in the house while he was trying to fix it up. But the, you know, the blessing of it was where my house was, it was about two miles away from the hospital. So that saved his life. So me having that conversation wasn't just for that. It was for that moment. (laughs) And I didn't know that then. But and so you never know. And that's why we're forgiven. And, and you know, he he recently passed this past November. And so that helped to mend a lot of that. So when he passed, I didn't have guilt like some people have, where they were like, I wish I would have said this. And like, no, everything I wanted to say, I say, <laughs> I made sure it was communicated. And he knew that about me. And he appreciated that about me. And that's why we had such a close bond. But I didn't. I didn't judge him for what he didn't do in my 
previous, you know, the, the my childhood, that him being sick and me, you know, helping take care of him and whatever, like me and my mom, that gave us those years back. So I got 10 years back that I lost in that time. And so when he passed, that's why I told people I was at peace with it because I had done everything I, I needed to do or, you know, I knew to do. And so I didn't have any guilt or, you know, what else. And that's one thing I think for a lot of men, if if you still have your father and you got an issue with him, just give him a call and just just talk to him. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you never know what tomorrow brings and you never know what that would do for you because you think it's all about them. Oh, they need to do this and I need to tell them what they need to do. Your dad was a person before they had you. <laughs> so he was a man before he had you, before he was your dad. And if you look at him as a person, you can see him differently. That's what I had to do with my dad. I had to see him as a person, not just my dad. Because if I would looked at him as my dad, I've been mad all the time. Like, oh, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Like, he, he had a journey, too. And he was doing the best he could. And it's like, okay, I see that. So I'm just going to accept him <laughs> as he is. And uh, and that's how we did it. And uh, and so I think for for men, definitely, if you have that issue with your dad, forgiveness, uh, not just for them, but the forgiveness really sets you free to go forward and what you really want to do too. Hi, Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, Head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. I think that's the big part, man. Um, like, I love the fact that the reconciliation occurred there. Um, yeah. Because it's like, that's what we're hoping for. I know with, with my dad and he has passed as well. Wow. Um, I went to him after I got to that point of forgiving him. You know, and just saying, okay, you know, I would, I would hope my kids would give, you know, forgive me for my shortcomings. Um, and it's like, well, if that's my expectation, uh, I guess I need to extend that olive branch. And it, I mean, it's, it's awkward, you know, you want things, but you want the justice, right? Mm -hmm. um, but in forgiving him and then you're trying to go talk to him, he didn't want to change. And it's not it's not so much in the forgiveness, like you're talking about just being something for them. I think mm -hmm. it's almost like more a gift to ourselves because we quit holding ourselves captive. Is that kind mm -hmm. of what you see as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that opened me up to let go a lot of that anger that I used to have, but I was also, and I think that goes into like the imposter syndrome. I always felt like I had to be perfect because I had to be better than he was. 
And so I'll put a whole lot more pressure on myself. And then once we kind of did this, like, well, I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't have, you know, I need to be me. But also what I realized, the thing that we, you know, was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And I, my dad was like, dad, I don't want to. We still have it. Like, we are our, our fathers. Mm-hmm. Now, how we express that, we can balance that out. But he is me and I am, <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't separate it. And for so long, I was trying to separate the two. And now I learned how to embrace it. And so now I know, you know, what pieces of me are him and what pieces of me are my mom. It's like, oh, that's dad there. Okay. <laughs> and you can totally look at that and then work on it, you know, because yeah. they've been hurt. Their hurt is going to continue to to direct their their actions, their thought, their speech. Yeah. If we want to break that, then we need to do that introspection, introspection and that growth like you're talking about. We're in the place of control rather than letting that that bitterness and unforgiveness, you know, just take over and set us on that same path that, you know, we've seen our parents go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those of we we grow and move to a better place. And then it's like trying to work, you know, offering that olive branch, you know, you, you said making the call was Mm -hmm. what you needed to do. And Mm -hmm. so true because I mean, you think about it, relationships drift, um, you know, over misunderstandings and all it takes is one person to come back to center and go, Hey, let's, let's talk this through. Uh, you know, what you, what you've talked about and, and shared about going back to your dad. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I love the fact of that. And that, that sets a pattern around you as well for people that are watching going, Hey, I knew when he was mad at his dad and yeah, he was justified. And it doesn't, I think that's the other thing, like with forgiveness mm-hmm. and it, forgiveness doesn't say that, Hey, this was okay. What was done to you? It's right. just, I'm not going to hold it against you, which is actually holding us captive so, um, yeah, it, dude, that's amazing. So, um, so if somebody's has that rift between them and their dad, uh-huh. how would you say, like, to get to the point of them being in a place to approach, to ask for that reconciliation and share how they felt, um, you know, like what's the first step in preparing ourselves to go there? Yeah, I think the first the first step is your own personal awareness of where you are. So for me, I was just doing the inventory about myself and I just noticed certain things about me, like emotionally or just, you know, patterns that I was having. I'm like, well, where is this coming from? And then once I started to connect the dots, I was like, oh, this dad, this is me being mad with dad and, and being angry and upset and all of that. And so I think that was the start. But also, I was preparing for another shift in my life. And I was like, okay, I can't hold this and then try and move forward. And so I think that's one thing that's important to add with change. Most people focus on what they want to, you know, get away from. But you also have also have to sacrifice some or let some go to then make the shift. (laughs) And so you're like, 
oh, I want to move. Okay, if you move, you're going to have to let something go. Something's going to have to be sacrificed. Or you want this, or I want this something new. And so I think that's one thing. The other thing is recognizing that they weren't all bad, you know. And that was, I believe that was the core of why I want to reach back out because and my dad was a cool guy, you know what I'm saying? Like we had, he, he was funny and we would laugh and joke and all that kind of stuff. And he, he was like, he really became my best friend in my, like the last like five to 10 years. Like we just enjoyed being around each other, but it took me. And, and sometimes like we're talking about forgiveness, not necessarily being for them, but for us, sometimes that forgiveness is continual. It's not just forgiving at one time because they might do something else. And then it's like, Oh, okay, okay, hold on. Let me. I got. I got to forgive you again because I'm mad now. Okay, hold on. Let me come back. Let me come back. And so sometimes that forgiveness is not a one time deal. It's, it might be every couple months that you might have to come back and renew it, uh, so to stay. But um, that was one thing I knew at the core. My dad was always proud of me, and that's what anybody that knew him. They knew he was proud of me, and I knew that too. And so. That's one thing that I could really, really appreciate, even with the bad times. And even with, like I said, he would be in the hospital and I would be taking him and helping him with stuff and all that. And I remember we were on the porch one time and he looked up at me. He was like, why you why you do what you do for me? I'm like, what you mean? Like, why you why you? Why you so? I think he said like, why? Why I'm so nice to him or something like that? I'm like, cause you my dad and I love you. you know what I'm saying like that. He was like, you know, but I guess for him, he just it was a it was a recognition a recognition of like, hey, I know I did some stuff in the past, and you still don't hold that against me, uh, and and you had to have that capacity to you know to love people even when. You know, sometimes you might not like them. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Most definitely. It's like, I don't like you and I don't like your actions, but let's work this out because I do love you. Yeah. 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 So what you've talked about being cued into different things like the, in, the introspection, you know, like looking at yourself. Yeah. What have you seen along the way that you know, and this may be stuff that you're teaching as you're, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. helping people to grow. Like what mm-hmm. was some stuff that helps you to become aware of that and function in that area to be able to say, oh, yeah, this is from my dad. This is from my mom. And and then how to address that. Yeah. Well, one, one thing was um, I had to take better care of myself. So a lot of the things that I'm really passionate about helping other people do is things that I've had to do for myself. And I was the worst at taking care of myself. Like I, I tell people all the time, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Uh, and that was like my main thing. Like I was always doing for other people and doing just like, oh, what you need me to do? I can help all that. And I was just burning myself out. And but I learned where that came from because it was that that validation or having that need of being needed. And, and that can kind of create this cycle of, well, hey, I got to perform in order for people to like me, or I got to do certain things to keep people around. And what I learned, that's not the, the case, is people people respect you more when you can set boundaries and you can 
be unavailable. And they know that you're going to be unavailable. Like, oh, I know he got some stuff going on. Okay, he's going to get back to me. He might not answer my call the first time I call, but he's going to get back to me when he gets some time. Like, But they understand that. You know, people around me understand that now, but it wasn't always like that. Uh, I think the other thing was me going into therapy. And I had I had went to therapy a couple different times. Once after uh, my grandfather passed and there was another time in between there, maybe when I was in school or whatever. But the last time I went, I really had a therapist that was outside the box. Um, and it really wasn't about me being like she was trying to fix me or something was wrong with me. She was really trying to get me to see me at the core and me functioning at my highest level. And it, it, it was the first time where I was like, oh, this is why I'm wired the way I'm wired. Because I, I, I didn't like that I, people, you know, like, oh, he's so nice. Like, I hated being nice. Like, I don't want to be nice. I want to be like everybody else. I don't want people to be upset. And, I, <laughs> and they're like, no, I enjoy you. And I was like, oh, I don't like it. Uh, and then, two, it was that uh, I didn't enjoy confrontation. But I didn't enjoy confrontation because I grew up in a real – toxic environment where it was a lot of back and forth and so I didn't like all of that but I learned how to do it in a way that fit me and I could be assertive and you don't have to be aggressive and that's what people they fail to realize when you set boundaries you don't have to be aggressive with people you can be assertive in a way that you're not like talking bad about somebody mm-hmm. or you know you just kind of what you do is you just address the behavior and not the person uh, because you might like the person, but like, hey, you know, when you did that, I didn't, I didn't like that. <laughs> Let's not do that <laughs> again. But we can still be cool. And and I think that's what people do. They're like, I don't like you because you a bad person and all that kind of stuff. And and that's not the way to really do it. So yeah, it, it was just me doing work on myself and really seeing myself in an honest place. And sometimes you had to have them times where you like you know what? I messed up. You know, I, I might need to call somebody and apologize because <laughs> I was just doing too much today, you know, and and that's fine. That's OK. But you have to that takes another level of awareness in yourself because we can be in our ego and say, like, oh, I might have messed up, but they gonna have to come to me. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And it's just constantly I'm a work in progress. I don't have it all together. I'm still trying to figure it out. But that doesn't give me an excuse to just treat people in a kind of way, talk to people in a kind of way. I had to have a, have a healthy view of myself, you know, to see people in their context and where they're from, too, because we all operate. We just try and do the best we can with what we got. <laughs> and then we all look at each other like this, like, man, you know, just. You just need a high five today for what you just did because you, you've been through a lot. I've been through a lot too, you know. So uh, that, that's it. It's just all of us, we really got more in common than we think. And if we just talk to each other and just have those honest conversations, that's how we can really um, move forward. And that's something that even in the business, that's me and my business partner, a lot of things that we implemented in the business came from conversations we had just about life and family and like, bettering ourselves and like how we want to make a difference in the community like all these were conversations that we had 
over time. And so you want to be around people that you can have those um, meaningful conversations. A lot of people want to talk to you about what happened. And, oh, did you see this on the news? Or look at this meme and all that kind of stuff. But you you want some people around you just like, how you doing? Or, you know, how can I help you, you know, move forward or what you need? You need some good people around you in order to kind of move forward. Yeah, community makes a huge, huge difference because it's easier to see around us than mm-hmm. it is to like see ourselves. And when we you know, like you're talking about that ability to, to have a conversation and speak to one another. When we've got that trust with somebody like, you know, if you're like, hey, Mike, I'm seeing, you know, that you're you're being rough on your wife. Like, are you seeing this? No. You know, I, I, I could come back flippantly like that eh, wasn't anything she didn't deserve, you know, but that's coming from a place of hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking to validate it. But if I don't have people, you know like we said, like you, you know, other people in my community around me that are willing to call me out in love, not just to, not just to call me out, you know, out of spite or anger, frustration, anything like that, but to firmly and respectfully call me out, you know, I don't, I don't have visibility into my blind spot. So yeah, I love that you're talking about that. So that's super crucial. How, how have you gone about building that kind of community around you because you've talked about you know kendrick your business partner and and being able to have those conversations how did you create a community around you of people that you could could trust and that trusted you yeah well it took a while because for me and like i said because i was for so long been the people pleaser i always was looking at how could i help other people but i I hesitated on asking for help. So some of that was just me being vulnerable and just saying like, hey, I might need your help on this. Or hey, this is what's really going on with me because most of the stuff I've been talking about, it may have been the last few years that a lot of my best friends even knew a lot of that. Even though they had been around me for years, they didn't. I didn't talk about a lot of this stuff. They might've seen me do stuff and handle some stuff, but they didn't know the whole story. And so I just got more and more comfortable telling my story, like the, the real story and and telling it often and uh, and being comfortable. But, you know, I was at a place where I could be comfortable with it. Just like me sharing with my dad, I'm, I'm comfortable with that story. If I wasn't comfortable, I wouldn't share it. But I know that's part of a lot of people's journey. But that's where, where it started. But then I also started to look outside of my normal environment and went intentionally seeking out other people that may not be in my field, may not be in my area. So I felt I found a lot of community online uh, through different networking things. I, I, I did a lot of them early on that I did not like. And I met some. Yeah, I, I just say sometimes it's trash people. Some people just trash people. <laughs> They're just not good people. And, it just, and so I met a lot of them. But uh, I, I found, and it was, it was one website in particular, Lunch Club, and I talk about it all the time because I've met some really great people on Lunch Club. And it's uh, a networking platform. You go on there and they give you like 10 suggestions every day and just say like, if you would like to connect with somebody like this person, they give you a pro- their profile and just click yes or no. You can do it on your phone, online, 
on your computer. And then they'll maybe have 10 people that you might know, you may or may not know. Just like, hey, do you know this person? You say yes or no. What it does, it uses AI to create a profile of people that you would connect best with. So you just pick a time. You say like, okay, tomorrow at 12, I have availability to meet somebody. What they do, take your, you know, responses. And then they send you an email probably, you know, today. Say like, hey, Mike, you can even with Tans tomorrow. Uh, this is LinkedIn or whatever. You can just introduce yourself and just say you look forward to meeting. And that's what I did uh, maybe the last half of the year, last year. And I met some great people, some people I'm still in contact with. And then they connected me to different people. And so it's the start of a networking chain. <laughs> they kind of just went and went and went. And uh, and I've had some really great conversations with people like outside the country or in the country or, you know, they do something similar to me. Some people that do something totally different. And so I think you can find your community in spaces, in places that you may not be accustomed to. But if you open yourself up to it, you can meet some amazing people. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it's one of just putting yourself out there. You got to show up to find people. It's a novel concept, but you know, <laughs> it's all true. No yeah. <laughs> Terrence, I want to say thank you, my friend, for, for joining me today and sharing about forgiveness, you know, showing up and do the, the, the hard internal work that yeah. pr- provides the freedom and, uh, you know, talking about community and just the journey that you've been on. Cause I mean, dude, you have a huge heart and I love seeing it, especially the fact that you're growing people uh, yeah. because that growth is what's going to change things around us. Um, yeah. So my friend, thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Um, how can people, you know, connect with you outside of the podcast? What's the best way? Uh, okay. So they can connect with me. I'm usually on LinkedIn all the time. So if they're on LinkedIn, they can find me there. <laughs> uh, and so I, I do a lot of things on there. Uh, we have our Facebook, uh, our, our Progress Facebook page. We also have a YouTube channel, Our Progress Studios. You can find a lot of our old uh, Facebook lives that we did. We did a lot in 2020, the Facebook live. So it's about... 50, 60 hours of content <laughs> on there about all types of different uh, topics. I also have a blog on Medium. So if you like to read certain things, I have a whole article about me and my dad. I wrote not too long after he passed. So uh, if you want to read that, that's on there. And there's a lot of other things about, you know, my stories about, you know, life and life purpose and how it might connect to you. And so I have that as well as um, I said, they can connect with the workshops. I, I don't know if I sent you my link tree, but I can send it and it has that link to that. But the the I'm doing workshops now. I'll be doing two more on the 23rd. That'll be not this Saturday because it's Easter weekend. So it's the next Saturday. So I'll be doing one and nine and one at 11 and it's both central standard time but you can sign up directly from that link and i'll be doing dream killers so dream killers are you know people pleaser overthinker daydreamer and doubter and it's the whole thing we have internally to stop us from our dreams mm-hmm. i had a real great conversation last saturday about uh i had 
two people in there that wanted to shift from, you know, being an employee to start their own business and kind of how that was going with the people pleaser. So we had a real great conversation as well as uh, if you interested in the course, Path of Purpose is a course that's self-directed that you can take. It's in Mighty Networks um, and you can go through it as five modules. It's Crossroads, which we find ourselves at a lot. And we had to make a decision. Then Dream Killers is in that, but it pertains more to what you want to do. Life Excavation is in there where, you know, life can bury the best parts of us. And we had to go back and find those things and dig them back up. And then you have Life Vision and how you, like you were talking about before with the persona. So like, what's the persona you need to be to get the things that you really want? And then the life tribes and then how you start connecting to other like-minded people, people like Mike and all that is doing great things. And uh, it keeps you inspired, but also people that hold you accountable and finding people that tell you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear at times. And sometimes you might not want to talk to them for a couple of days after they say certain things. <laughs> but but it's all, it's all I love. And so you get it like, OK, once you once you calm down, it's like you're right. I'm glad that you told me that about myself. <laughs> Dude, it, we need people that are going to stand by us and go, hey, you, you know, like the example that I gave earlier, I may not want you speaking that to me, but that right. is what I need for right. that healthy marriage. Because, I mean, otherwise, it's like I just keep going along. And until I, you know, hear somebody tell me that, I could be ignorant to it. And the thing is, it's like just because you told me, now it's yeah. in my court, you know, it's my responsibility to take action on that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Terrence, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate you joining me and sharing everything you have today. Thank you. Yeah, look, thank, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode and remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.